this audio book. This, this intro is brought to you. What time is it? <laughs> Good game time. time. <laughs> uh, guys, it's game time. I'm Valerie, and this is Valerie. And I'm Pete. Oh I didn't realize God. what we were doing. <laughs> guys, welcome to We Made It Weird 15, the highlight of my week. We started this, you'll hear, kind of in the dumps. Yeah. And, and we, we finished it. A lot less in the dumps. <laughs> a lot less in the dumps. Yeah, no, we're feeling, we both uh, are feeling a lot better just from talking about it. So I hope that if you are in the dumps, it makes you feel better as well. Are you in the dumps? Game Good time. <laughs> hey, Val, did you know women are four times more likely than men to say sex is, quote, not pleasurable in the past year? <laughs> did I? <laughs> <laughs> this is our new Pete's Pick. It's Dame. They make the best sex toy, high-end sex partner, and personal products we ever partook in. <laughs> Dame products, guys. This is one of the ways you can support the show is get, get, your, get your sex on with the, with, the, with the assistance. Oh, boy. I am such a fan of vibrators. <laughs> I know. You know what's funny? This taboo. And I was like, oh, there's all this, like one of these toys um, that they have is called the ARC, the G-Spot Vibrator. And it's like, there's so many routines in the 80s and 90s, and let's say, be honest, today, about like, I can't find the G-Spot. Mm-hmm. Or I can't make my girlfriend or wife or partner have an orgasm. And it's like, there's nothing wrong in getting a little assistance. Nothing wrong. I don't even like calling it assistance. It doesn't feel like I'm bringing in, like, another person. It's this perfect little thing that enriches and enhances the sex you're already having. And I always grew up thinking that it was weird and strange. And I'm like, no, it's the key to good, mutually satisfactory uh, orgasm. And and that is where Dame comes in. Dame Products is a woman-founded company making toys for sex. That closed the pleasure gap. Developed and tested by real people with vulvas and dame labs, mm. they're engineered to bring your solo and coupled play to new heights. Pete and Val here, we can attest to both of those. <laughs> Absolutely. They're making the world a happier place one vagine at a time. Mm. As we've talked about more on the show, uh, self-care, self-love, healthy relationships, these are important to your life. Don't compromise on what's important. Mm-hmm. Our relationship should add value to our lives. Our sex lives should add value to our lives. Why don't we think the same way about our sex toys? Dame Products is woman-founded sex toy company making next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. Founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples like us. They're closing the pleasure gap and helping the world, as we said, one, you say it. One vulva at a time. Feels better when you say it. Uh, can I also just say, it's such an act of self-love to masturbate, I think. Of course. <laughs> I feel like it is such a positive body experience, especially for women, to just like put it in their own hands. And by it, I mean the vibrator. <laughs> The quality uh, arc G-spot vibrator made by Dame. Absolutely. And just give yourself the love you've been looking for. Yeah. And in our case, bring it into the mix. Yeah. As, as your special little friend. Yeah. They're vibrators. And we got the box. They sent us the box. They're high grade. They're medical grade. Silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love 
is baked into these things. They've got glowing press from the New York Times, W Magazine, and a lot more. If you're a couple or on a journey of Mm self-exploration, they are going to earn that spot on your nightstand. They sent us, as I said, the Arc G-Spot vibrator and also the Palm P-O-M, which is a flexible vibrator that bends and fits your needs. So it's customizable. Everybody's different. And uh, it, it can it can uh, attune itself to your needs. And the best part, Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days. So your satisfaction, both with it and, you know, in the buying process, is literally guaranteed. <laughs> so go to dameproducts.com slash weird today for 15% off. 15 Wow. Dameproducts.com slash weird and show your support of the show and show your support of your own healthy sex with yourself or with your partner. Uh, also, this has been exciting for me during the quarantine. I think a lot of people have seized the day and realized it's a good time to enrich their brains. And as we've talked about a lot on this podcast, using language, learning language, brushing up, in my case, on an old language that I studied in high school and college is a wonderful way to keep the neuroplasticity in your brain alive and able to learn and absorb and experience new things. So enter Babbel. Babbel is a language learning software that is totally different from any other I've tried that doesn't just spend hours teaching you random vocabulary words that you're not going to use. Babbel is completely different. It gives you phrases that you'll actually use in real life, even to the point of teaching you slang. So if you're interested in learning a new language, you know your reason why. Maybe you want to feel connected to a culture, get a promotion at your job, or maybe just keep your brain sharp, in my case, and communicate with the friends that I have that speak Spanish. Babbel is a language learning tool for everyone, whatever your reason. Babbel is a language learning software that uses 10 to 15 minute sessions and gets you speaking a new language within weeks. Wow. 10 to 15 minute sessions a day. I am so sold on this. You know, I I have that dream where I want to learn French and then go to Paris so I can just like speak French. Yes. And that's like my reward for learning the language is that I get to go to Paris and feel cool in restaurants. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Yes. I also feel like it'll bring me new life energy to like learn a new language. That's you're, it. You're stuck at home. Like eat, pray, love this. That's right. <laughs> how you, th- how you speak is how you think. You think in the language that you learn. So learning a new language is literally teaching you a new way to think. Mm. You start with words and phrases and then sentences gradually get more complex and soon you'll be practicing short conversation and Babel's interactive dialogue and speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and your accent. The the software listens to you so you can feel confident when you speak. Their lessons are created by real language experts, not machine learning algorithms or AI. It's actual language experts that are helping you learn practical, real-world conversations. They have over 10 million subscriptions. You can learn 14 different languages, including Espanol, French, Italian, and German. Speak the language like you've always wanted to with Babbel. And right now, you can show your support of this show and better your brain and your life. Three months free with a purchase of a three-month subscription at Babbel.com with promo code PETE. That's B-A-B-B-E-L, if you haven't cracked the Old Testament in a while, B-A-B-B-E-L.com, promo code PETE for your three-month subscription. Babbel. Language for life. Nice. I'm so doing this. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, it's fun. It's like, I I'm look forward French. to it. It's fun. What did you say? I'm going to learn French. <laughs> and finally, which ones am I wearing today? What is that? Me undies 
It's kind of like a wine color.、Mm, it is exactly the color you can't see. It is a. Yeah, I'm colorblind. It's like a, a dark green. I'm color deficient.、Mm-hmm. I thought it was red. Yeah, your, your greens and reds get mixed up. But Speaking of green and reds, the holidays can be the most stressful <laughs> time of year. Perfect. <laughs> If only there was some bearded man with a bottomless bag of everything you need to cross off that list. Thankfully. Our friends at MeUndies have the next best festive thing. MeUndies has curated a list of stuff your friends will really want this year, so you can soften the holiday stress. What's that saying? Work softer, not harder. With micro modal fabric, five times softer than cotton, it's not only super soft but breathable, light, and impossibly cozy. It's everything you need. For a stress-free, soft, comfortable holiday, I really do love my MeUndies, especially around the holidays. I really do save my MeUndies lounge pants with the Christmas themes and my MeUndies underwear for the Christmas time. Same with、uh, Halloween. I break them out, puts me in a good mood. They're colorful, they fit great, they're smooth, they're comfortable, they feel amazing, and I like that they have fun patterns on them. And this is fun. There, it's a pleasure to fold. <laughs> That's right. They're the I, perfect size to fold. They're the perfect size to fold. They fold up so nicely. So if、yeah. you are like me and you get pleasure from having like very nice, neat,、yes. organized closets, things like a nice stack,、yes. and you can see all the patterns and choose which one you want. Oh, it's a folder's dream. It's a folder's dream. And then I have a few pair from my my old life pre pre undies. Yeah. And、uh, <laughs> I'm folding them, and I'm like, what the what is this? They don't fit. I'll put them in a different pile entirely. I'm not going to let them tarnish. Don't tarnish the me. Undies pile. We Val and I a couple years ago heard about MeUndies on another podcast, and we just did a complete overhaul, and we just haven't looked back.、Mm-hmm. So if you、uh, like, it means so much when people want to support the show, and we're like, everybody needs underwear.、Yeah. This is an easy way to do it. They have a problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied, you can return it、Akuna、or、Mata. refund it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a problem-free <laughs> philosophy. No caveats, no questions. They'll take it back. So for 15% off your first order and free shipping, I also recommend signing up for the subscription, the membership. I actually have a new pair on the porch right now,、yeah. which I'm excited to open up.、Uh, you get 15% off. Show your support of the show, and you get free shipping. Go to meundies.com/weird. That's meundies.com/weird. Them's the ads, guys. Thank you for listening because your support really does make a huge difference in our lives, and we enjoy this time with you guys, and we really hope you enjoy. We made it weird, number fifteen. I can't believe we've done fifteen of these. It feels like normal now. I know. I love it. And honestly. I don't know why I want to say this, but like stick through it. I think it's great throughout, but it has an arc. It does have a story arc. It、yeah. has an arc. It's like a little movie. Yeah, I love it. Look, they're little footballs. Ace Ventura. Okay, <laughs> Val, get into it. I just did it plain. I like that. Want to do a straight read? That was my bagel in high school. Just plain. plain. Me too. Ooh, toasted or not? Un. Untoasted. Me too. We just wanted bread. I just wanted bread. I did it every day. I ate just a just a plain bagel and toasted. <laughs> The hungry kid's choice. All right, guys, enjoy. Do what? <laughs> <laughs> record this. We both really like seeing the lines on GarageBand.、I、yeah, but GarageBand,、like. we were saying, sucks. Sucks my dick, is what I said. Yeah. 
Like so you'd fir- think you like it. <laughs> well, I was just gonna, that's, that's what I was just going to say. The first year comedian would be like, isn't that a, isn't that a, isn't that a good thing? <laughs> well. You should say garage band. It doesn't suck my dick. <laughs> no matter how many dinners I buy it. <laughs> oh, boy. Men are the worst. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Um, there was, I think it's in the comedian documentary where Jay Leno and, and Jerry Seinfeld are talking and Jay is sort of trying to make the point about how important the act is. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, if, if you have, if you have the act and you have all the money and the thick fat and the girls that you get from the act, you, you take the act. Right. Uh-huh. And I was just like, that is, that shows the, the increased. And I, of course, I don't have to say this, but it's good. I welcome it. But there was a time when you'd just be like so frank about that. The girls. Yeah. But then I did start to think about it in, in not even in his defense. I don't even think that's a quote. Um, you know, I was replaying the movie inaccurately, I think. Mm. But I'm like, people don't, if, if you're like a, an athlete. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what, is it different that it's a comedian being funny? Is it because we're weirdly shaped and have big chins and strange hair and all that stuff? Mm. Is that, I, I couldn't. What I'm saying is there was a time when what, – what did you just say that made me think of this? I honestly don't Oh, know. no matter how many dinners oh, – like, you know, the yeah. doctor puts his finger up your butt for a prostate exam and you go, at least buy me dinner first. Yeah. So there's always been this understanding. What does buying dinner mean? It means you have money. It means you can show you're, you're a fancy boy and you can yeah. buy dinner. And then going forward from that – you're a fancy boy because you're a, a quarterback. Mm. And that seems to be a little bit more like, yeah, you it's like a trope. You got to be the homecoming king with the quarterback. Yeah. And then Quarter. comedians <laughs> are sort of strange because they're the, the broken toys and the freaky geekies mm. that uh, it, it was such a strange thing to be like, I'll get up on stage and talk and, and that'll be my – what I'm saying is this goes back to Sex at Dawn. Sex at Dawn is like Darwin – is calling your mom a whore because mm. his whole theory was that women were looking for strength in genes, strength in ability, and that they would use sexuality as like a bargaining chip. Uh. Of course, you still see that. Buy me dinner. Uh. Not to jump right into faux deep, but I, I was just thinking about that today. That's interesting, that point. Um, yeah, well, the patriarchy is like... Hold on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think the patriarchy does. Wait a minute. Does make us think that it's like sex is the commodity that women have. That's their power, um, and it has to be. It's a bargaining tool, and it has to be traded with for something. And whether that's dinner or gifts or you know whatever, and. Uh, yeah, it's a fucked up way to look at it because, and and you know, women are victims of it too, so they have the. Oh, I appreciate that too. I, I was just thinking, like everybody, nobody's really winning from this setup. Yeah. In fact, the comedian I think was going well. Shit, I know. I it wasn't about meeting girls as much as it was fitting in the world in every way, mm-hmm. which includes relationally. Yeah. Where you're like, well, fuck, I 
look weird when I'm running. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I have a strange Tempur-Pedic body and I, <laughs> uh, you know, coat people with spittle when I talk. Uh-huh. And I was like, but when I do that impression of Coach Bartlett, everyone laughs. Mm. And really, for my first interest was, you know, friends. Mm-hmm. When I, I wonder if you're the same. When I, when I think back to like high school, all the 90210s and the Saved by the Bells and stuff, everybody was going on dates. Yeah. And I was like, where, where are children going? I have no access to dates. Dates, I know. I have no car. There's no yeah. restaurant I can afford or I could even think of to take you to. Like, yeah. where are we going to go? Where my parents take me on Sundays after church? We'll go there. And, and then what? Yeah. I, I had no... F- I had no even fantasies of follow through. Uh-huh. My whole adolescence, I was like, that's later. Mm-hmm. And then there were some kids mm-hmm. that were like 15 and they were like, the time to fuck is now. And I was like, the time for friendship bracelets is now. <laughs> I was really, I was trying to think of what my equivalent is because it is like the story of so many comedians is, you realized you weren't you weren't gonna be like the popular jock or you know whatever, and then you're like, well, I have because you weren't getting attention that way. It's like, well, I I can be the funny guy, right? Getting attention, and I also had the version. My version of that was I was so severely uh, influenced by like teen movies. Yep. And romantic comedies, indie indie movies. So, like, I was like, well, if I can't be um, Katie Seiler and, like, have, like, perfect matching clothes and hair and skin, um, then I'm going to be like, I don't want to be that. Fuck that. I'm the, like, weird girl with jeans with a skirt over her jeans. I was just going to say, jeans under the skirt. That's like, your choice. She's All That was such an influential movie to me, but, like, I didn't want the makeover. I just wanted Freddie Prince Jr. to realize that he's been dating these vapid uh, you know, yeah. like women, and, and I'm the, like, interesting, smart, quirky one. That's right. But, like, it's it's all just so I mean it's so whatever it is like it's the evolution and biology of of uh humans but like I hate that there's the element of like pitting the girls against each other like I have to not be this one this type of girl and that type of girl is stupid and I'm the better girl and but like I'm just saying that it was on it's on both sides of the gender we just had like different ways of doing it but I definitely was like oh you want to be Freddie Prince Jr and I think you know I haven't seen all of Freaks and Geeks but I really ought to I really ought to I think you have I haven't seen all of it really I've seen a number of them and I do, I do like, I, I, I definitely, which are the ones that aren't smoking pot? The geeks? Yeah, yeah. The geeks. I was the geeks. Yeah. And the geeks, uh, were like, to me where that show, it never lost me, but I was like the freaks to me seemed so much cooler than anybody. Yeah. So when it's like, it's the freaks and the geeks, I'm like, or is it? Freaks or geeks, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they didn't seem to be together. Uh-huh. I kind of thought it would be more about them coming together. Yeah, I don't know what I mean by that, 
But like, I definitely had that mythology of like, I want to be Freddie Prince Jr. or I want to be Zach Morris. Mm-hmm. Like, and Zach Morris, as those hilarious YouTube videos show, is a deeply flawed and selfish, oh, horrible. Ego Zach maniac. Morris is trash. Zach Morris is trash. He's total trash. Shout out to MPG man. We know how to separate the man from the character. And she's all that. Is that? The name of it? I, yeah. I think it's so 90s now. Yeah. Um, is also really fucked up. Like, she she has... Here's, like, a very intelligent, like, person with her own unique style. She's an artist. She's way cooler than all of those people. Right. And And he... They have this horrible bet that is devastating to her. It's my fair lady. But yeah, but by the end of it, it's not a win. It's not like, oh, she, I realized that she's beautiful the way she is. It's like, and then we made her banging hot. Right. And now I can fuck her. Oh, God. It's awful. I used to hate movies, uh, you know, like that, where even as a kid, you knew. Uh, of course, you wouldn't know, oh, the low point of Act 3 or going into Act 3, she's going to find out that there was a bet. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm so happy to see that movies have evolved a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I- I'm thinking of Lady Bird where, like, she is the hero, you yeah. know, like the quirky girl uh-huh. that is, like, kind of, like, a little bit scattered in her brain, meaning she has so many interests and mm-hmm. she's sort of a reader and all these things. Mm-hmm. But nobody... The absurdity. Imagine Lady Bird, mm-hmm. which if you haven't seen it, guys, uh, it's amazing. One of my favorite films of all time. Imagine Lady Bird and in the beginning of the movie, someone makes a bet to one of the jocks <laughs> that he could turn Lady Bird into the prom queen. Yeah. And you're looking at 1989, basically. And and it, yeah. I, I know we talk about this a lot, but like it's so enlightening. I don't, necess- I don't mean spiritually enlightening. It's just so enlightening. Mm-hmm. to realize because I'm thinking about Leela watching movies. I was driving her from Ojai. We're back in LA and she had the iPad because I was alone uh-huh. and I had to pack up the car and it wasn't her nap time. So this is me justifying why she had the iPad yeah. and I'm putting on inside out and inside out is a perfect movie except for a two year old, the part where they go deep into her subconscious mm-hmm. and awaken a demonic clown yeah. to wake up the host body, which is pretty deep if you think about it. Yeah. That movie's awesome. I love it. Yeah. We have to wake up the host body. Let's scare it. Yeah. It's such a deep and spiritual idea. Pixar, man. Come on, dudes. You're I fucking know. killing it. I know. Um, but that part is too scary. And I'm, I'm thinking, like, I don't want to give Leela. Too ma- I don't want to give her a phobia of clowns. First yeah. of all, that's too obvious. I'd rather she be afraid of anchovies or something. <laughs> yeah. So I'm driving, and it just timed out perfectly that when I got off the freeway, I could get the iPad from her and skip it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I was like pre-coping with the idea that she was going to see something mm-hmm. that might not be – I don't know because she's so brave and, and strong. But I also just don't want to plant it in there. Yeah. And I had the thought. I was like, I watched a lot of TV, and Val watched a lot of TV, and I like me. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, yeah, but are you the best authority? Like, you know what I mean? Like all of that saved by the bell. Yeah. Did it bring out my worst qualities? Meaning yeah. Zach was doing, we, we were just talking about this, what I do and what I always hate in relationships that I can sort of bleed into the other person mm-hmm. is that if I meet somebody, 
I'm putting together a profile on them. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't mean that usually we say profile, we mean like racially profile or whatever. I don't mean that. I mean a character study. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is um, my brain is looking for a way to characterize that person mm-hmm. through, let's say, I need five awkward interactions, I need five positive interactions, and I need five negative interactions. Mm-hmm. I need to know their habits. I need to witness their speech patterns. And then over a couple weeks, when you mention them, mm-hmm. what I'll do is my impression of them. Yeah, I'll just immediately do it without even thinking about it. I just go, um, any of your friends, any of my friends, you go, do you want to have dinner with blah, blah, blah? And I'll be like, you mean Captain... I don't like noodles or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't like noodles because they go up my nose. It's not always negative, but I'm getting a real glimpse at how my brain is trying to turn reality basically into something I can control mm-hmm. because then it makes the decision of do you want to hang out with them or who are they mm-hmm. instead of an infinite complex tornado of possibilities, which every person is, mm-hmm. I go, that's the guy who can't sit still or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it's all an attempt to like minimize my anxiety or uh-huh. my inability to control reality. Yeah. And I think it comes from TV and I'm not, I'm not saying that's yeah. necessarily evil or anything, but I was like, I, I had this thought. I was like, look, if we raised Leela little house on the prairie style, mm-hmm. it's not guaranteed that she would just be a Buddha. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But there is a part of me that's like, would that be better? Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, the things, things would be simpler. Like just the amount of images that she has now seen since she's started watching movies and TV. It's like that stuff is stored in there. It's like how you were saying when I was, you know, I, I shared last week on the podcast that I was having like some moments of panic and Pete and I had this wonderful moment where I was, I was kind of in the dark place and Pete was, you were guiding me through such a beautiful meditation, but you were saying it's, it, there's, there's stuff that you saw Oh yeah. As a baby on the TV that's like all it's all accumulating. Well, you were saying your, it sounded like your darkness was saying, this is forever. Yeah, this is the real this is the real truth. Yeah, your sunken place is actually the r- real place. Mm-hmm. And the other place you go is where you briefly go when someone tinks on a teacup. <laughs> and I said to you sort of trying one of my favorite uses of comedy is to get us to laugh mm. at our absurd fears. Mm. And so I took a chance and I said, you know, you need to acknowledge that your fear of being institutionalized might be based on seeing the trailer for girl interrupted when you were 14. (laughs) And it definitely was right. That, that I can vividly remember the trailer for girl interrupted. It scared me so bad. What did you think of girl interrupted? Wait, what's going to happen? I'm going to interrupt you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Forget it. Forget it. You're too smart. Um, You're too smart from a silly bits. I liked it, but yeah, and it and it made me laugh because it was so true. So so yes, going back to your point, it's like I do think of it as you know, it's not ideal. I think ideal. It is it is wonderful and ideal to be like Leela only plays with sticks and rocks and wooden toys, 
But what's not ideal about that is like the toll that it would take on our sanity. And the people that I know who do that, I'm sure there are plenty of people who do that. Who just do sticks and rocks, you mean? Sticks and rocks and wooden toys and no screen time uh, until you're 15 or whatever. Um, I, I, maybe there are people out there who do that and everything is really balanced and lovely. The people that I know who either do that or strive to do that live in such a rigid perfectionist place of just like tense. I've got to do this perfect. Right. That like the vibes and the rigidity that comes from that, I, it's convenient for me. I have to believe that is for Leela that would be more damaging than letting her watch TV for our own mental sanity. <laughs> when Judd and I were working together every day, I, I'll never forget. He said to me that he had just read something that he was like, the stress of trying to lose weight is more damaging than mm. carrying extra weight or something. Like he had <laughs> yeah. just read that. And I think we both sort of laughed at it. Also kind of hoping that that were true. So you yeah. can just be like, it's fine. But I will say my parents, you know, if you can imagine like cable TV was like new, like yeah. there's just always something on TV and there's all these channels. And, and when cable was new, there would always be like one local cable station that was run by like a college or something. And they'd just be like sort of illegally or, you know, against the FCC showing movies that were like only partially edited or stuff. So I saw all this stuff. Yeah. But I think more than the images of like my first wayward nipple or whatever it might've been, (laughs) it was definitely that. I'm not going to forget that. (laughs) I did appreciate a certain go with the flowedness of like, you can't control everything. Yeah. And I think, you know, not to pat ourselves too much on the back, but so far I feel like we're striking a good balance. Mm -hmm. Meaning what we're talking about is what we're always talking about, which is like, there's these two extremes. This is why I brought just this. I'm always referencing this This and I want to, I know it's the best book ever. Okay. So this is, um, this is literally the second page of the book. Cause what I'm saying is we're talking about the binary mind. Yeah. So we want to go like, and by the way, even if people don't have kids, this, you can just, use this as an example of how the mind works. It's like on one hand, little house on the prairie, flowing white nightgown, Mm -hmm. barefoot in the tall grass, playing with a wooden horse that later as Blade Runner, she'll look for it and its origins. (laughs) Okay. That was a weird pull, but I'm saying, wouldn't it be this podcast without without a few weird pulls? It usually happens in the beginning. There's like a place where I've lost you. <laughs> oh, for sure. I will say, Mama, you're, you're just the best guest for the show, and you have such a positive effect on me. And I, I, I see comments like that all the time. Like, you really are the perfect, sort of the perfect expression of the show. Oh, my God. I, that was a nice little compliment after I gave you see? your tease. <laughs> Sometimes the asides take us into sweet pastures. Yeah. Um, so anyway, what I'm saying, so that's A, and then B is... Fuck everything, dad's smoking while opening a can of tuna, and you're watching um, pro wrestling when you're five, Mm -hmm. and uh, whatever. Okay, so we don't have to go in in, in extremes. I feel like the lesson is, look, we're not, we're in as much control as we can be. Yeah. But we're not fully in control. Right. That's Um, right. And the flexibility, it's like, 
God grant me the, the grace to control what I can and the wisdom. Wait, what is it? Control I believe it's the strength, strength to control what I can, to change what I can, the peace to let go of what I cannot change, and yeah, the serenity the, the to know the difference. Wisdom to know the difference, I think. But I think it's called the serenity. Word. It is, but I don't think that word gets mentioned in it. Oh. I don't know. I could be wrong. But yeah, absolutely. And I want to say my therapist, so this is really helpful, hopefully, to any parents, but I also think this is just good life advice. I will get, when I get really rigid about being like, I, you know, Lila watched too much TV today, or I, I feel really guilty about how I handled something, um, she'll say, like, you're, you know, you're trying to be the perfect parent and that just doesn't exist what even is that and who gets to say she's like can you be okay with good enough <laughs> right and um and that sounds like just barely good enough but i mean like good enough is as good as it gets right there is only good enough there is only good enough right are we back Okay, we're back. Sorry, the uh, the w- always wonderful garage band just decided to <laughs> shut off for a moment. You're saying don't let the pursuit of perfection ruin the pursuit of the good. You know, mm. I'm I'm botching that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's perfect, <laughs> isn't it? That is perfect. But that's what we're saying. So on the drive down, I had Leela. I had a lot of our stuff, and I started getting stressed. Mm. And I was so grateful for that part of my brain that was like, you know. You don't remember what people do. They, you remember what, how people made you feel. Mm-hmm. So that is always helpful to remember. It's like, where am I going? Because I was stressed in the car. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of things were going wrong. Mm-hmm. The GPS was losing the signal, this, that, the other. People were driving crazy like they always are. And, you know, maybe I am too. I'm, ho- I'm trying not to. And I'm like, it's almost like waking up from a dream. You go, where are you going? Like literally where I'm driving home, I'm going to arrive at noon. I have a phone call at 1230, but your brain almost doesn't care. It's just like fire up every stress. This is the biggest deal. Mm -hmm. And what I did to get myself down, I was like, Pete, that's a small problem. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's a big problem getting in a fender bender Mm -hmm. or you know, God forbid something worse on the road. There are all these things that are actual problems. And right now I'm reacting as if an actual problem is happening Mm -hmm. in my body and spirituality to me, and we can even de-spiritualize it and just say one of my biggest interests in life is who's talking to who? Like there's a part of my brain that says to the other part of the brain, we can call it the reactive brain. Mm -hmm. And then my higher brain just goes, can you relax? Yeah. And it goes, right, sorry. Mm-hmm. You're right. We thought a tiger was chasing us. Yeah. And, and some some therapists would say that's the wise self. Your wise self right. you know, can recognize when something is out of alignment. And, and that's what Lee remembers. You know what uh-huh. I mean? That's why I've always been like a – and I've, I, I'm proud of this part – of, of me that survived through childhood mm-hmm. and existed in my childhood, which is like, okay, to get to Disneyland or to get to the concert, we're going to have to like 
do 59 things and they're mm. all terrible. Mm. And that part, I must have gotten it from my dad. That part that just goes, fuck it, we're at Disney World. Like, we can just go get an ice cream cone. It's it's that energy of like, you know what? The baby's screaming. I'm stressed out. I'm trying to get her to school. We're not going to school today. Yeah. We're, we're going to go to the beach because you won't remember this day in school. But we can do that to ourselves. That's what's fascinating. Yeah. Is my brain was having a temper tantrum and my inner dad was like, Nothing is wrong. Yeah. Nothing is wrong. Sorry if you heard Ooh, my phone. We both got emergency alerts. Oh, missing endangered elderly. Oh, it's so sad. That's, and it pushes through the do not disturb. Yeah. Uh, if you're in the LA area, you also got that alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was saying between given two choices. So I, the past couple of days I've been off um, social media again, meaning I'll, I'll check it maybe once or twice if I'm on a computer, but I turned it on my phone. If anyone's curious, you can go into screen time and you basically, you have to say twitter.com, facebook.com. You have to label these as adult websites and then it will, it will block them. And then it's not that you can't go to them, but it's now five steps instead of the one mindless step. Mm -hmm. And then putting a, a few good books on your phone, some other positive things. Anyway, the first thing I noticed was when you get away from the news, when you get away from Twitter, and I know we made this point last time, but everything is one thing or the other thing. Mm-hmm. It's either this side or it's that side. Mm-hmm. And that's only escalating. And as we always say, we're losing that subtlety. So this is what old Richie Rohr says mm-hmm. about contemplation, which I always have to say is not sitting around contemplating something, but contemplation is the um, looking without thinking. Is, is how I like to define it. Mm-hmm. So you look at the world, and that is actually a prayerful position, is instead of looking and labeling, you just allow just the moment without any story. And that's what he means by contemplation. So contemplation allows us to see the truth of things in their wholeness. It is a mental discipline and gift that detaches us, even neurologically, from our addiction to our habitual way of thinking and from our left brain, which likes to think it is in control. We stop believing our little binary mind, which strips things down to two choices and then usually identifies with one of them, and begin to recognize the inadequacy of that limited way of knowing reality. In fact, a binary mind is a recipe for superficiality, if not silliness. Only the contemplative or the deeply intuitive can start venturing out into much broader and more open-ended horizons. This is probably why Einstein said that imagination is more important than knowledge. Mm. Knowledge is limited. Imagination encircles the world. Mm. And I'm just seeing, as soon as I remember that, I can come back into this, that you and I have been doing that. We've both been kind of in a funk. Mm -hmm. I've been feeling pretty pretty much as depressed as I get. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that manifests is I just lose my basic wonder for reality. Yeah. And I, even the, the techniques and the little mantras or questions I ask myself stop working. Mm-hmm. But I was getting groceries the other day. And finally, I just remembered to ask myself, as we all can right now, what if this is a dream? And I, I don't mean cosmically like God is dreaming this. I mean, what if you are asleep right now mm-hmm. and this situation you're in is a dream? And you know you're dreaming. 
you know you're being hosted by your sleeping body. Mm-hmm. Instantly, you're no longer looking at things to find your place in them mm-hmm. and to assign value to them and mirror yourself. Well, I'm a I'm a Ram truck guy and you're a Prius guy and I'm a this blah, blah, blah. You can just go, holy shit, what the fuck is happening? Mm -hmm. And you see your reflection in the little plastic divider between you and the cashier. You notice the bagger, the girl bagging the groceries. Her name is Justice, which makes you laugh. You (laughs) you see the colorful candy bars. You you just, the question, how, what if this is a dream, helps you appreciate it. And that's been one of the few things that's been lifting my head. Mm. out of the clouds mm. i know i get a lot of comments where people are like this is the show that that helps them in this dark time mm-hmm. but maybe i should open with this you and i for about two weeks now mm. have been struggling like mm-hmm. we keep checking in how are you and the answer is i feel like i'm sort of buried in oatmeal <laughs> and constantly wondering when that like zeal will come back yeah. and that that strength and like I'm missing friends. I'm missing going out and, and running into people and hugging people. And uh, we were talking about the flow state, like stand up is my flow state where I'm not thinking Mm -hmm. where I'm just in the moment and I'm just reacting to what's happening and we're building something. And it's like, it's like going down a water slide and, and, and fry cooks have flow state Mm. and people painting houses have flow state. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I have no flow state. I'm just going around assessing danger levels for Leela, boredom levels for myself and for Leela, entertainment, food, everything Mm -hmm. is just like keeping the animal alive. Yeah. Every day starts to sort of feel the same. Yeah. It's groundhog day. Right. And you wake up and like, Usually I'm the sort of person that takes comfort in like, I can eat this every day. Like this is a simple, healthy lunch and I will eat it every day. Yeah. And then lately I've been making that simple, healthy lunch and I go, this again? Yeah. What? Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, for me, it has been waves, um, especially the last few days. I've, I've been starting to feel better and then I'll just randomly have like a wave of that type of depression and then I'll have like a jolt of anxiety and then I'll be back to feeling better. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's very, the waves have been strong this whole time. Like since March, I feel like we've referenced this, that it feels like we, we should just like sit down at a table in the morning and open up a newspaper and the headline is just however you feel like a little off, (laughs) like cranky. Pete, Um, I'm a little off. He says with a picture (laughs) of me going, But um, the waves have felt ex- ex- especially um, strong the last week, couple weeks. And yeah, yesterday uh, we both just were like, God, I am blue. Yeah. And I just, I think it is important for us to say that to people that like, that's, that's a human experience and you are not alone. And I said this yesterday, it's so funny because your depression would have you and your fear would have you believe that you are the only one experiencing this. Right, right. Or you're the only one experiencing it this way. My my depression or my anxiety loves to say like, yeah, but that's not what people mean when they 
Mm. say depression and anxiety you're having your own experience it's like it's separateness it's aloneness right they want to blow up the bridges to hope yeah yeah and the truth is is that we all experience it and we most of us are experiencing it now and And triggered by a lot of the same things and triggered by the a lot yeah and not to mention if you're into this kind of thing which i am and i think you are but like the idea of a collective consciousness where there's a lot happening right now and collectively energetically that pool is just like really treacherous waters right so if you are at all sensitive to your own body and your own energy um you probably are feeling the weight of the collective energetic field it is it is brutal it's brutal. It's a weird thing to call home and be like missing the same things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, what usually you get the update, like what are you going through? Mm. But we're all going through the same thing. Yeah. And instead, of, that should be really unifying and beautiful, but it, it sort of compounds it sometimes. Yeah, I think it is really unifying and beautiful, but sometimes uh, when you are not with the lens that you're looking at it through can just be like, Oh, it's every, it's everywhere. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, so yeah, my practice for this has just been trying to sit with it. Like that's the best advice I can give as somebody who's in it, you know, and, and I, I do feel better today, but, um, when it comes, there's just these waves of like, ah, God, what's the point? Or like, I don't know if joy will be able to find me here. Hmm, That's perfectly Um, put. And, and when I catch myself in those moments, this was recommended at the retreat that I went to. I love this. The teachers recommended just like putting your hand on your heart and saying, yeah, it's hard. This is hard. Mm. Like just giving yourself a little compassion. Mm. This this being human is hard. This is hard. Yeah. That really helps. Yeah. That feels really, really good. Yeah. And my therapist has you sometimes if you're talking to yourself like that, go, oh, sweetheart. Oh, yeah, this is hard. This is hard. Right. You know, like give yourself a loving name. Um, mm. And just trying to do that and it doesn't mean that it goes away immediately but it's a start it's introducing compassion right and there's a lot of faith involved for me i'm realizing like i know even though i can't access it in this moment i know that there is a valerie who not that long ago was on a dance at a dance party on a beach feeling like the world was so loving and kind and beautiful that I couldn't hold it all. It was just overwhelming, abundant love. Yeah. I know if I, even if I can't feel it, I have faith that that, that is the truth. Right. And when you say that, I'm like, boy, how little faith I have because I spend most of my time Mm. feeling more like the guy on the beach. I'm grateful. Yeah. And then a week and a half here. And I'm like, (laughs) Yeah, that's over. <laughs> and then I, I, I just wish it wasn't so extreme. The other thing you were saying, when what you said made me think of, which we've talked about, 
which is there's such a great comfort in knowing there's not really any new human problems. Mm -hmm. So there were people alive, first of all, in 19, was it 1908? 1918. 1918. They were like, God, when is this pandemic going to (laughs) end? And then there were people in the 1700s that got up and we're like, this is a miracle. Look at that sunlight. Look at those pink clouds. Mm. I'm eating this turnip. I love mm-hmm. turnips. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks later, they were like, fucking turnips again? <laughs> yeah. So that just makes me think that, like, it's not a flaw. I know we said it last week, but it's like, I'm saying it to myself now. You don't feel supported. You're literally being hugged onto the earth by gravity. Yes. I'm literally being kept from feeling the spin of the earth and the, and the traveling of, of the earth around the sun and the traveling of the solar system around other galaxies. Mm-hmm. I might be getting some of those terms wrong, but like it's so crazy mm. that things are still enough and basic enough that my heart is beating and my lungs are breathing and, the, and everything is being provided to me that I have the luxury of going turnips again. Yeah. So that makes me think it's not, it's nothing new. It's nothing nothing new. new. And that makes me think it's not a problem in the sense of like, that this is it. This is the experience. What you, we can spend all our lives being like, it's the universe wanting to do this specific dance or it isn't. It's the, it's just the human evolution and our psychology or why it is what it is. Or we can just be like, this is the experience of being alive. Right. We have all of these, this wide range of emotions and states of being. And we have all of these resources for Truly, you can change not only your brain chemistry and the neurons and the connections, but you can change uh, the bo- your body chemistry and your nervous system, and you can change your genetic makeup. They've mm-hmm. discovered that. So the things that you're genetically inclined, if you are genetically inclined towards depression, you can do these practices to help change that. Right. So... We, we're not left alone in our depression, but that's all part of it. This is the, this is that's like right. the experience is you have these challenges and you have these resources and this is it. And right. so, so we're here, let's do it. You know, I, I was reminded of EFT, which is emotional freedom technique. Mm-hmm. It's better as an acronym. I don't, <laughs> I don't love stepping it out. Yeah. Um, it's like the NAACP. It's better as an acronym. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you, you understand that joke, right? National African American national Association. Oh no. I just thought, I always felt weird saying colored people. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. I didn't know what it was. Advancement of colored people. Uh, national Association for the Advancement of, of colored, colored people. people. Yeah. Really? Which wow. by the way, I think we are, we say people of color, but I always felt weird well, st- stepping that one. Yeah. Up. We don't say colored people anymore. Right. Now I'm like, is that what it is? I wonder. Okay, well, if it's not, I'm pretty sure it is. Anywho's a whizzle. Uh, <laughs> oh, EFT. So EFT is, is like doing acupuncture on your body, but with your fingers, with, mm-hmm. with tapping. So you tap on your eyebrow, your temple, your, uh, your upper lip, um, 
sort of where your soul patch would be <laughs> than on your uh, chest bone. Even better, there's an app called The Tapping Solution, which is on, uh, I think it's a free app. Um, the, some of the people that I know that are in DFT turned me on to that. And there's a, like 80 free EFT meditations. Mm. I will uh, preview it a little bit here because the phrase deeply and completely accept myself. So tell them the phrases that you say. Right. Is so powerful. So I say, even though I feel like I'm buried in oatmeal, <laughs> I deeply and completely accept myself. Yeah. Even though I feel like this pandemic is never going to end and um, who knows, I'm uncertain about the future. Mm -hmm. I deeply and completely accept myself. Mm -hmm. And you're doing the tapping. It's sort of like when you're driving, you have good ideas and it's because you're, you're doing all these things with a part of your brain is occupied. Mm. It's almost like the tapping draws the attention to these areas and allows the repeating of that um, expression, or I guess you could say mantra, mm. gets in there really deeply. Yeah. And as I'm saying it, I'm like, God, I just have to do it more. Yeah. It also is, I would think, putting you in your body... Yeah. So that your mind can be like, but I, you know, I don't deeply incomplete or I hate that. And it's like, you're, you're, you're giving your body something to do to literally take you out of your mind. Because what's weird is your body does accept it. Absolutely. Your body doesn't go around going, fuck that. I mean, it might experience pain or discomfort, but like. But it allows it in. In the same way that a tree allows air pollution. It's, it's, it's going with it. it it's just what it does yeah and that's just what your body is doing that's such a good point your body accepts it your wise self or soul or spirit accepts it it's just your judgmental mind right which unfortunately we associate with our identities usually that's right and that goes back to what i read it's like yeah. i go i'm either happy or i'm sad and i will pick one and i'll identify with it mm-hmm. when we were just watching a Muji video, M-O-O-J-I. He's incredible. It's all on YouTube and it's free. Mm-hmm. I have to tell people YouTube's free. But um, <laughs> he was talking about like when someone, he offered somebody tea and they said, I'm all right for now. For the moment. For the moment. Yeah. He's like, and that's how it is. Yeah. He's like, the mind wants to take the sadness and he says, and spread it like yeah. butter over bread and go, I'm having a sad week. Mm-hmm. I'm having a bad day yeah and it's like but here i am talking to you and i'm saying things like i deeply and completely accept myself even though my body doesn't feel as plugged in to the juice as Mm -hmm. as i'd like i deeply and completely accept myself and Mm -hmm. what's interesting about eft is you do you say it for every area Uh, I, i won't go into this too much but you my point is you end up saying it a lot. a lot. And repetition is how it gets into your subconscious. Too. That's right. It's the Velcro Teflon. So you're saying something positive and yeah. you need to say it 15 times for it to get in. Mm-hmm. But then every round. So let's say I, uh, even though I'm feeling out of control, mm-hmm. might become even though I'm sad or mm-hmm. even though I'm scared that whatever, mm-hmm. like it gets deeper every time you do it and you're just doing it alone. Mm-hmm. So you end up going to some pretty trippy places where you realize that you thought you were anxious about the election, but you were really afraid that we one day die. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even though I'm afraid of dying, I mm-hmm. deeply and completely accept myself might be 
such a clear, we're always taking these fundamental issues mm. and writing them large mm-hmm. on other things. Mm-hmm. Not, not to go on a tangent here, but I was like, the president really is the dad of the country. Mm. And it doesn't, and it makes perfect sense that some people are like, I was like, Clinton looks like my dad. Mm. Even uh, George W. Bush sort of was kind of like my dad. You know mm. what I mean? And a lot of people are like, no, this is what dad is. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. I, I'm not saying that as a bit. I'm trying to say like, I'm glad you had like a waspy, you know, genteel, polite, $5 word, political kind of, hello, I'm your dad. But I had a dad that was like, crooked Hillary and this <laughs> asshole. And that was the dad that picked you up. And, and, and the bully would be like, oh, fat Tommy didn't like you today. Mm. Fuck him. I'm taking you to my casino. Mm. And like, I was just like, even everything is so much more. Your feelings are, are probably tied to some fear mm. of sickness or loss or death or something. And, mm. and even the things that we like. It's not even that that you like. You're just looking for your touchstone. You're looking for your familiarity. Yeah. You're looking for the world to look like on the outside how you feel on the inside. Yeah, and what you it's yeah, you want like a familiar cage, like even when it is That's you know, right. It's like people who it's it's how like my most people find a partner that reminds them of one at least one of their parents. That's right. And when people I've seen Again, I have family members that don't like Biden very much. I don't know if that means they like Trump, but they point out flaws in Biden. And they're pointing out, you know, who he's having to their board. And they're like, this is going to lead to more war. And this is going to lead to corruption here and corruption there. And this is kind of a weird thing to say, but I'm like, yeah, that feels more comfortable to me to have a dad that looks pretty good Mm. and is pretty even and I'm aware mm-hmm. that uh, dad loves Canadian club and plays cards, but I don't get to go in that room and it smells like cigars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. even that element of like, sure, it's- there's fucked up shit, but he's going to put it over here. Sure. That's the, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's no. a glimpse into my psychology. But it's known. It's how, pol- it's how politics has always been, which is why I think Trump supporters wanted, they wanted him to, completely disrupt Be balls out yeah and disrupt how politics have, has always been and maybe that needs to be done just not in the way that he did it but right now it just feels so good to be like yeah sure let's i miss like standard old you know not corruption but just like kind of like little, i guess that's the sleazy politics right you know um, no, it's it's I a also, tricky thing to talk about. I think it's a vulnerable thing to talk about, but I do think that's sort of what's going on. And yeah. I think that has a lot to do with Hillary. People were like, "I don't want mom driving the station wagon on the trip." Yeah, I want dad. And 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 that's, I was just going to say, I can't wait for a time when we don't just start when we're not doing that. When you have moms, but and- <laughs> right there, it, it, you can see it starts in in families. Mm-hmm. Like it has to be like, oh, I understand. As I'm saying this, I'm like, you should drive more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my friend uh, and my my boss, my old boss, uh, Anea, who has Real Girl. Uh, she, sorry, she started Real Girl, which is the empowerment program that I used to work for. She would they were made sure that they were driving equal times that their daughters saw yeah that it wasn't just dad always driving i think we should do it because when i get in the car what is that it's like i want to be in control Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Who's in control? The powerful person. He's literally, I'm Han Solo. Mm. I'm flying the ship. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that affirms don't let Hillary drive the country. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, what are you crazy? I, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like no, it's it's deeply entrenched for sure for even a lot of people in Great Britain. We're like, it's not a mom, it's a queen. <laughs> look at her. That's it. Doesn't look like any mom I've had. She's wearing like a hula hoop golden dress and <laughs> weird powdered makeup, and she has a scepter. Then we're like, okay, so I feel like the, my point is we could have a female president, but she's going to have to dress like Bat Batman. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> she has to be like I'm. I'm a superhero. That's yeah. basically what the queen is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, pay no mind to my vulva. I have a scepter. Oh, my like, God. I got it. I Where could people are going to have to just change their, their narrow minds. No, that's that's obviously, <laughs> yes, that's certainly my hope. Um, you should I drive like more. you were on, yeah. I oh, EFT. EFT, and we're talking about our depression feeling funky. Oh, the thing I was going to say about EFT that I'm realizing uh why it might also work. I, uh, I'm starting to develop the opinion that it actually has nothing to do with pressure points. I don't think that is the part that I have a hard time buying, but here's what it is. So even if you don't buy that part, here's what it definitely does. I know for a fact, or as much as you can know anything, I've had a hypnotherapist and a lot of people tell me that repetition is, is one of the ways that you get to your subconscious and your subconscious is where all of these deeply held beliefs are. Um, And that's why affirmations work and all of that. So repetition of saying these positive things, uh, getting yourself into your body is that I've experienced is very helpful. So I think the tapping of that, like nudging yourself back into your body. Yeah. It's another way of saying, send your awareness to to your hand yeah, or whatever part you're tapping. And then the the framework of even though I am depressed, I deeply and completely accept myself. What you are saying is in that moment, you are acknowledging the depression. You're not denying it. That's right. And you're basically saying I deeply and completely accept the depression. That's right. And so it doesn't get energized by you going, get out of here. Yeah. And it's just the depression. I am not a depressed person. Well, that's it. Who's accepting myself even. So the meditation that I walked you through, which in turn you had to walk me through, which is you're the sky, you're the sky, you're the sky. So what meaning there's a dark cloud. Here's a light cloud. Human beings are, myself included, are always obsessed with that which is changing, your circumstance and your story. But what doesn't change? As you said, think of a memory. Who was this, Fred? Um, Oh, yeah, Fred Davis. Fred Davis has that thing. Think of a memory when you were little that you can recall vividly. It's like, was awareness there? Is there a sense of being there? Is there a sense of being there? So Um, it didn't change. So Pete... mm -hmm in the pool, still had the same sky. He just had little kid clouds going by. His little kid clouds were, Dad threw away my Ninja Turtles. Um, Mm -hmm. Ern doesn't want to talk for five hours on the phone, even though I want to, because clearly I'm going through some emotional trauma that I don't know how to diagnose. (laughs) Why doesn't he want to talk for five hours? Those were my clouds, but Mm -hmm. like drawing the attention, there's depression. And as I'm saying this, it's helping me 
there's a weird sort of styrofoam feeling in my belly, a numbness mm. that I just can't really seem to penetrate. Mm. And I don't feel like working and I don't feel like creating. Okay, let's just call it um, numbness. There's that, but it's only recognized by the sky. Yeah, It's like when a surfer is on a wave, the surfer gives the wave an identity. Mm. It's like it doesn't even exist as a huge wave until you put a small surfer on it in a photograph. <laughs> oh. You need the, the surfer to show the, the scope of it. Huh. Similarly, the sky is what gives the space for the clouds, but like reminding yourself, I am that which doesn't change. I, yeah. I, it's not even what's speaking right now. What's speaking is what does change. Yeah, yeah. But the thing that's watching it going, not saying anything. It's not saying anything. Yeah. My brain is going, is Pete talking too much? Is he doing okay? Is this a good podcast? That's all. That's just another room in the bullshit mansion. Yeah. But the land that the bullshit mansion is built on, that's the fucking juice. Yeah. That's where forgiveness exists. I've been thinking about forgiveness lately. And, and I was reading Richie. He was like, of course we can't believe in a forgiving God. Of course we have a God that sends everybody to hell. Because we can't forgive each other and we can't forgive ourselves. Yeah. And he was like, that's why the mm. Lord's Prayer is like... Forgive us as we forgive uh, our debtors or whatever version you want to say. It's saying that that's a relationship. If you want a forgiving God, be a forgiving person and you'll believe it because you are it. Yeah. And it feels so good. We've talked about, I I have friends, they're not showbiz friends, but friends that were scandalized in other worlds for mistakes that they made in the past. And because I'm not really close super close with them mm. it's so easy for me to forgive them yeah and it makes us like new energy like yeah. you know like somebody that knew that person their whole life might have a hard time and be like well you were a fucking piece of shit and yeah. i'm like you might have been a piece of shit and we're not on the record here and i'm not even for everyone listening i'm not talking about anybody you could possibly know this is just a human civilian mm. outside of show business mm. and because i just met them i'm like I love you. Yeah. And it's easy and natural for me yeah. to know that you made these mistakes in, in, in at your job or whatever it might have been. And I can forgive you. And I, it's okay. You weren't hurt by that. And you, yeah, you're just coming in. And that's really, yeah, it's like when you're newly dating somebody and they are explaining what their ex didn't like about them. That's what a new relationship is. Yeah. It's so fun. And you're like, well, none of those things bother me because I just met you and I can love that. That's and that true. is real love in that it, it is always new. Like right. it should be always new. It doesn't hold grudges. It, you know. Well, it's um, coming from the field of infinite possibilities. It's mm-hmm. coming from the sky a little bit more than from the accumulation of decades of clouds where mm. we're like going back to what I was saying. I'm always putting a case study together for a person. Yeah. And now a friend wrongs me and I open up the file and I go, well, you've wronged me here, 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 here. So my brain has no problem being judge, jury, and executioner, mm. ending a relationship going, oh, I'm not going to, I don't want to hang out with them, whatever it might be. Yeah. But a new friendship, even just, Someone I talk to at a coffee shop. It's mm. just so easy to love them and forgive them yeah. because I don't really know who they are. And I, I sort of forget myself. Well, And yeah. I know they don't know who I am. They don't know, oh, that's not like Pete to not care that, that uh, you know, I, I punched a guy at work five years ago. It's like, yeah, but none of that's happening right now. And, and you seem okay in this moment. Well, that's it. You're saying... I, I don't really know them. They don't really know me. 
really that's that's true on the ego level but what's truer than that is I in that moment actually see who they really are and they see who I really am and Marianne Williamson who uh is the course in miracles person not she didn't write that but she is like a big and oh she was a presidential candidate I keep forgetting hilarious right (laughs) this is so funny um she you know does have some quirks and kooks but I heard her talk once and I love this. She said in the beginning of a relationship, when you're just falling in love and the person can do no wrong and you see everything that is uniquely beautiful about them and you feel so merged and connected, uh, she goes, that's the real love, right? That's real. We always think that that's like a honeymoon phase and then the real shit starts happening. What really happens is our ego stories then get, all mixed up and we well, start file. thinking that that's the person you have yeah. the file and you confuse the file for the infinite possibilities of the person yeah and that's one of the great things about our relationship is for some fluke in the system i've never i know like you can make a huge mistake or do this wrong or that wrong yeah or whatever it might have been like the garage door opener wasn't mm-hmm. in the car i i actually didn't but i think it was you but like I would just be like, that's Val. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. In the way that you love Phoebe on Friends. I don't mm-hmm. think you're like Phoebe on Friends, but you can actually love somebody for their quirks. Yeah. And that honeymoon phase doesn't have to be a honeymoon phase. I can just be like, I'm all in on this person. Yeah. And that's me, I think, getting in touch with my real self. I agree. But like the guy from Memento, I'm always talking about stickers on cars because one of the things I've noticed is now I drive around looking. If somebody is an asshole on the road... And they have a, a, a women for Trump on their car. I'm like, well, of course. Yeah. And I, I, I'm building a little file on just this car. I'm going to yeah. go, in case I see you again, I'm going to add to this file. Such a waste of energy. But we're doing that with ourselves. Mm. We're tattooing, don't forget, your wife was murdered by John G. Yeah. on our arm. And we're writing, don't forget. You are a libertarian on your hand. Don't forget, you hate Indian food on your forearm. Yeah. And we're just going around confusing our bumper stickers mm-hmm. and our beliefs and our files, not only with you, but with ourselves. Yeah. And then I have to go, and that's what the burden of someone who knows me, it can be, I feel a, a, a responsibility to reflect what I think I've already put in their file, which mm-hmm. by the way is why I often, I'll say, I, I'm not in the mood um, like somebody who's exceptional, like Rob, mm. I'll be like Rob Bell. I'll be like, I don't know if I can have dinner with Rob. He would laugh at this because I don't feel exceptional today. Mm. And I know I've put these things in his file. But then when I hang out with Rob, I go, this motherfucker burned my file. And he yeah. burns it ceremoniously at the end of every meeting. <laughs> yeah. Because when I sit down with him, he's in living spirit. He's attached. And I always forget that it's possible to not to see past bumper stickers and yeah. to see past, oh, this guy's wearing a, a Oakley sunglasses and a ball cap. He's probably this, this, and this. Yeah. It's like, that's what I'm intoxicated by, by new relationships, casual encounters, late in life friends. When mm. I make, I'm 41 and I make a, a friend. And like I'm saying, they have this complicated past. It's easier for me to just go like, and here we are eating a sandwich. Mm-hmm. And, and that reminds me, Mm. If I can say of God's love, because I don't think God mm. is, I, I firmly believe that God is not 
Santa Claus with the naughty and nice list. God is infinite potential and constantly renewing running water that isn't murked up by the seaweed and the sewage and the oil and the nasty, gritty dirt at the bottom that I carry with me to every Thanksgiving. Where I go, let's see if this motherfucker does what he did last year, motherfucker. It's like, where is, look, I make all things new. Mm. This is the obsession with the moment because it, it, you can move in any direction when you're planted in it. You, you're actually awake to new possibilities, new ideas, new behaviors, and a renewal of your mind. And I think this is what salvation is, 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 mm. is going, fuck, my brain. I'm realizing, Val, that I'm becoming a person that has, some people might only have five things. I don't know why I said that. I feel like I have 150 things that I talk about mm. and that gives the illusion of a personality. Mm. And I'm like, Jesus, there's very few topics you can give me that I won't go. Well, I know the Avenue I go down. I'm like, fuck that shit. Mm. I want something fresh. I want something living. new and living and vulnerable. Mm. I want to be, I want to work on becoming the type of listener who, when they say a keyword, like heaven or hell, I go, well, when they're done talking, I, I know I can go in this direction mm. and actually be naked enough mm. to let what somebody's saying or doing or experiencing mm. impact me, mm. which by the way is what they say good acting is. Can you, mm. Gary Shandling said, can you be vulnerable enough to actually have a revelation inside of you in front of the camera mm. or on the stage mm. or whatever it might be? And I, I'm, I'm just giving myself the note to the people that listen to the show that probably are pretty good at going, well, somebody said this piece, probably going to say that mm-hmm. I am also noticing it. <laughs> and I'm, it's not that I'm calling bullshit on it. I just think we can all relate. We're going around and going, they said this, I'm going to go in my own file. Mm-hmm. Think of the cliche hippie, clear eyed and just sort of like there. Yeah. Like swaying in the breeze. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. They're not the sharpest tack, but they're vulnerable to what is. And that I, I'd like a little bit fucking more of that yeah. instead of this guy that can do an impression of somebody that I've hung out with five times and therefore make a rash decision that I don't want to go to their birthday because they eat their peas one at a time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Whew. Somebody record that and make it my ringtone. (laughs) (laughs) By the time he gets through it, the person will have been long gone. Um, (laughs) And I listen to the ringtone every time. Yeah, the entire thing. A lot of voicemails this month. Um, That was so good. I had to write notes because... uh, I want... I'm... Please. um, Well, uh, so a few things. I just hear... Well, the first thing that came up was, uh, we're going to do it again, Frozen 2... Um, oh, let it go. <laughs> let it go in Frozen 1, guys. Ugh, get over yourselves. It's show yourself, okay? Um, <laughs> yes. Um, she says that we've we quoted it recently, but it's so true. Um, she hears the, the snow ghost of her grandfather, <laughs> if you will. Yes. Say magic can't be trusted. And she said, that's not true. That's your fear. Fear is what can't be trusted. Right. And that is, first of all, that goes back to and applies to what I was saying about having faith when you're in the moment of fear or darkness, 
having faith that what is actually true is the times when you've felt connected and abundant and right. you know, that that's the magic that's real. The fear is what can't be trusted. That's right. Cause the magic is the infinite possibilities of the moment where you're out of control. Yeah. Where you're very vulnerable. So a snow ghost of a King type guy would be <laughs> like, you can't trust magic. You can't trust the wavering hippie. That's like, I don't know, man, I choose love, dude. Yeah. He's not going to build a civilization. He's not going to make a wall. He's not going to make structure and law and rule and order. I meant order. So that's magic. And then you're like, no, it's actually your fucking fear files that you think are keeping you safe are actually jeopardizing your heart. That's right. And that's what's happening with you. Then you're so good to to see it such good reflection to see that you do this with people. But in the beginning of a relationship, you are connected to the, what's true, the magic, the connection of people. And by the way, I have my own version of this too. I think it's really common, but because one of your, as we've established, one of your core negative beliefs is people can't be trusted. Then as you're getting closer to somebody and maybe even like, getting aware that it's time to like start opening up and being vulnerable with them, whatever it is, the fear comes in and that's where you start making the judgments right about them to push them away, to push them away and, and to minimize them into now they are only files files. And they are this one caricature that I made. So I can manage that because I can understand them um, and then it's so easy to go, well, they said that, of course, because they're a QAnon weird conspiracy theorist and fuck off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can put everything through the filter of who, of who they you think they are, which is way further from who they truly are. It's taking a cup of the ocean and going, this is the ocean. Yeah, gosh. And uh, what doesn't help is that the ocean keeps cupping itself and saying, this is me. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. We're both doing it. Yeah, that's right. It's it's a co-conspiracy. That's right. But like all people can't be trusted for is to continue me on the track that I'm saying in this conversation, I am growing tired of. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of atrophying. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of predictable results. I'm tired of going like, well, when I do this, I can have more nights of of this mm. of, of watching West Wing, mm. and I'm like, as I've said a million times, I'm not even the best judge, but it takes of what Pete needs, but it takes a certain amount of courage to say, okay, reality, yeah, you mix it up, because for fuck's sake, we all know I'm not going to mix it up. <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing the same fucking shit the same Mm. neural grooves and i'll just keep doing them Mm. like a rat in a cage that keeps pushing the give me the heroin button Mm. because this this sort of works yeah and i'm like i think that's what makes your christs and your buddhas so interesting is they come in and they just shatter everything they don't even reflect back to you what you want them to reflect back to you yeah yeah but i also don't think it has to be a a shattering. I think it can be a gradual kind of picking out and it's in a, you know, maybe the shattering is better, but for me, I've been so scared of that. Like I, a lot of this depression and anxiety came from me sort of experiencing an ego death and it triggering like a fear response because that's from the ego who knows that it's dying. And we just talked to 
uh, or I just talked to David Nick Turner, our dear friend. And, and I was like, is there something to like scaffolding up to that? And he was like, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> um, so, so sometimes sh- what I'm saying is shattering reality. And sometimes even you are the sky is not comforting when you feel completely lost and untethered. Mm. And that's where I think compassion comes in and can even work in this situation where you, you could, every time you notice yourself making a caricature, if I bring up somebody and your mind immediately goes to the character of them, you can just say, touch your heart and say, it's okay. You're, you're safe. Right. It's like Jack Cornfield. I'm okay just now because your brain is trying to organize in order to protect you and you can find compassion for that. You don't have to resist it. I don't think resisting it will work. Right. I think nurturing and being, being like that. I am not that I don't have to be that this does not define you. I think that will change the grooves in your brain. You are literally taking, interrupting an association that you make and entered in uh, interjecting another association. Like people that snap their wrist with a rubber band when they want a cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that took me back. So the most vulnerable time in my life and a very formative time in my life was junior high. It was around Mm -hmm. sixth grade, fifth, sixth grade. Yeah. And I just have this memory of being in gym class and and just hitting a a dodgeball against the wall Mm -hmm. because I was so lonely and so sad. I didn't know how to ask for help. So instead of Mm -hmm. playing with everybody, I'm just bouncing a ball against the wall. Yeah. And there's still a part of this tall, loud man Mm -hmm. that's that boy. And what did that boy do? He started to look around and to protect him, he was like, okay, Matt. Matt's like an AC Slater. He's like a, kind of like a jerk. Mm. And um, Earn, Earn is not a screech, but I think at the time I was like, Earn's a good screech. He'll mm. he'll be in my sidecar, mm. and I'll be Zach. And yeah. you start believing these oversimplified realities. Yeah, sure. Which which you know which is why we love TV. We were watching West Wing last night, and I was like. Ah, other people's fake problems. Oh, yeah. And it's like hypnosis. I'm not even denouncing it. I'm saying probably when this podcast is done, because we can't go back in the house and we have a sitter right now, we might watch some fucking West Wing. Yeah. But like it, it, when you start taking the structures of those oversimplified realities and applying them to your reality, I think at a certain point, a price starts to get paid. Yeah. Where I'm like, I don't see even my friends for who they really are, because that takes us all this courage and emotional vulnerability Mm. to be like, who are they today? Can I see your friend that um, gets words wrong Mm. and not think there's that friend who's not too bright or whatever it is, which by the way, I don't believe highest Pete doesn't believe that, but file making fear based junior high ball punch. Pete goes, there's a dummy. There's a winner. Go with the winner. People will think you're a winner if you're with the winner. And w- while you're at it, win this contest and be shiny and bright. Like Moana, I'm too shiny. Uh, you know, yeah. this will this will get me fish dinners and, and I'll be okay and I'll live in a cave alone with all this gold I can't spend because I live in the realm of the monsters. Why do I even want this gold? Uh, well, you want the gold because it's shiny and it gets you fish dinners. 
<laughs> yeah, but I think he's plenty shiny without the piles. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Gosh, that movie's another perfect film. I know. <laughs> um, you also said something about uh, doesn't doesn't Richie have something about forgiveness? Is like forgiving reality? What's that? What is that? Called? He says so. Christianity is obsessed with Jesus forgiving us, uh-huh. which, if you look at it, that is not. Jesus doesn't really seem to be talking much about that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he does talk a lot about forgiveness. Yeah. He's talking about forgiving each other, forgiving your neighbor, your enemy, mm-hmm. all these things. Mm-hmm. We turn it into a religion of a cosmic forgiveness because we're all pieces of shit. And um, I touched my ding dong yesterday, mm-hmm. but I want to go into heaven. And it's like P. Diddy's white party. <laughs> can someone please steam clean my white suit so I can go in? And thank God Jesus Christ dry cleaner is open 24-7. <laughs> and all you have to do is believe and he'll give you a ticket. And it's same day service. And then you get to go to the party. Um, that's That was Christianity. Yeah. What it was turned into. Um, what he's saying is the first forgiveness is to reality. Yeah. To reality itself. So obviously we have a great example of Jesus sort of allowing himself as the story goes to be crucified. It's this Mm. strange turn, Mm. you know, there might've been the fleeing option or whatever it might've been, Mm. but he's, he's seeing the cup that he is to drink. So that's a very extreme example. Yeah. That's been coming up for me lately because I can be so idealistic. And when I'm feeling really high, I'm like, life is so beautiful. I got to stay here. I got to stay in this place of feeling connected and, and in this state of wonder. And then anytime I'm not, I have a little dip, which happens so frequently. You would think at this point I would, I would come to have accepted it, but I have such an aversion to not feeling how I want to feel. Um, that, not only do I feel bad for whatever reason, but then I also get really upset that that's the game that I'm in. Mm. And I think that something is broken and that it's the, that it's a flaw. Mm. And sometimes our spiritual people who we love, you know, Katie and Eki Tolls and Muji and some, sometimes their teachings, whether they're deliberately teaching this or not, I am interpreting it to confirm that like, yes, you're broken because you're in your ego and you mm. need to leave that. So, and so then that just is piling it on. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with me that I can't be free of this? And, and what's wrong with this existence then? If we were just meant to wake up, why are we here? Why, do, why am I even dealing with this? And, you know, um, and so the concept of, of forgiving reality is, is just like, this is what it is. Can you can you forgive it? it? Yeah. Can you roll with it? Can you forgive it? Um, and also. And trust that there's some river that you're in. Yes. Something was set in motion that you are inexorably a part of. Yeah. That it is not your job to understand. Yeah. And we can put metaphors and belief systems on it. Yeah. But we can all agree something is happening. Yeah. And I think we can all agree, or most of us can agree, that this something was started by a phenomenon that we don't understand. So therefore I, I, I think it would be safe to say it's beyond us. Yes. I don't even want to say bigger than us. It is us and it's beyond us. It's in yeah. us and it's, it's, it's whatever. So that is a healthy faith. I think to have mm. not faith. I know what's going on 
faith. I don't know what's going on. And there's a comfort to that. There's right. actually a comfort. Well, Richie says that, that the opposite of faith is not certainty or uncertainty. We've turned faith into certainty. Don't worry. God has a plan. Don't worry. Um, I guess I, that is sort of what we're saying. But like everything happens for a reason and mm. uh, I'm in his care and all that. So we, we've turned it into all the answers. I'm going to heaven. These yeah. people are going to hell. If I do this, this magical thinking will get me that. Uh, blah, 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 all that stuff. Mm. But really, he said the opposite of faith is anxiety. Mm. Meaning when you're anxious because you don't know, that's lacking, uh, quote unquote, faith because faith is not knowing what the fuck is going on and yet trusting that something is going on. Yeah. And that it's not your job to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know how you know it's not your job to understand it? Because you don't. <laughs> right. And you know how some, you know something's going on? Because it is. It is. Exactly. And you don't understand it and you don't. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's why I love the river thing. I, mm. I'm, the past couple of weeks I've been clinging to the rocks. Mm. And that's me building the files on people, the file on myself. Mm. I shouldn't feel depressed. I shouldn't feel anxious. Yeah. My ego even throws things like, okay, I, I'm a Biden supporter or, you know, I'm not a Trump person. And then it'll go, imagine how sad and, and despondent you'd be if, if your guy lost. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's not helping. Yeah. So I just see battered and bruised Pete clinging to a rock instead of just going, rob at dinner, burn the files, yeah. and sit in this moment. Yeah. And just like I see Leela doing, it's just a fresh, it's a waterfall of reality mm. and we bring the past mm. and our projected future to it and it disrupts the flow and there's something so gorgeous about going because right now if I check in and I do have to remember to check in because this conversation as they always do is really helping me mm. but if I remember oh, wait I'm supposed to check in and take my temperature mm. I feel great right now yeah I was just gonna say that it goes back to Muji the video, Muji Baba? Yeah, Muji Baba. Um, this is Muji Baba. Um, Timeless love. <laughs> the video that we that you referenced, it's like, it was a question about like having a blah day. And he gives this great answer, but then he, it like it fades out and then cuts back in. Like he was like, and another thing. Yeah. He's like, there are no blah days. You just have a blah moment. And if you let it, if you observe it and let it go, it passes. But then the mind grabs onto it and says, well, now I'm going to have a blah day or a blah week. It gives you the tattoo. I'm having a blah day. And I have felt myself doing that with the depression. I wake up in the morning and it's like I sit and wait for it. So then I'm looking for it and you can find whatever you're looking for. And then I find it and then I go, well, now I'm going to, today I'm still depressed. Right. When really for both of us, I, if we didn't do that, I wonder in these last two weeks, we could have, it could have just been, a, you know, five, six, maybe even two or three actual just moments of depression. Right. And then it, but we string it them fades. together like beads. Exactly. And we stay in it. We grasp onto the rock and we refuse to flow. And I've, I actually and wrote be vulnerable down. enough to see like maybe because we don't want to let go. Cause what if it get, gets worse? Yeah. Well, you could also let go and see that it gets better yeah and then it gets worse and then it gets nothing and then it's whatever yeah the, the trust the vulnerability that we can have with other people yeah. as i was saying we can have for reality itself right. in fact people are reality itself they're a big part of it <laughs> yeah that's right might be time for you to get into brene brown because she's all about vulnerability and how everything 
anything worth doing requires you to be vulnerable. I think that's where I'm at because mm-hmm. I'm tired of the suit of armor. Yeah. A sense of humor being quote unquote interesting. Yeah. Being all the things that I identify with. It fucking sucks. I, it doesn't suck. I, I, I don't want to disavow my, my shadow. Like I'm walking mm-hmm. on a sunny day and I'm like, why is this shadow following me? Who cares? <laughs> Just like we always say, I built all of these things to cope. Yeah. But at a certain point, you just built a castle on a hill Mm. and you have all the things you thought you needed. But what you really need is to get out of the castle, dive into the water a mile below, swim to the village and eat a weird dinner with a woman with, uh, you know, facial hair or whatever. (laughs) I'm just saying like uh, somebody that you didn't expect. I'm not putting down women with facial hair. I'm saying, oh, my God, that it's 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 going back to the if this was a dream. Mm. what would you do or yeah. if or if someone else entered my body and mm-hmm. got to be me mm-hmm. what would they do yeah and trying to i always thought you had to find the courage to do those exciting things and now i'm realizing it might actually be sitting with the lack of courage mm. or the cowardice and and leaning into the vulnerability of going i am going to walk down my street today yeah. or i am going to call that person even though I don't have a reason. Yes. And it is such a, I would imagine that it is the same kind of thing. Like I'll experience when I'm with my parents or really with anybody. And if my parents are so great and they give me so much love, um, but you know, they're parents and there's always trickiness with parent child relationships except ours with Leela we'll be best friends forever um she no sorry yeah anybody (laughs) let's just uh, forget my parents for a second there are times when I am now you guys know that I'm talking about my parents um in relationship with somebody and and for whatever reason I'm reaching and I might not be getting what I need I will, I've started practicing and I can't always do it. Like, okay, can I just go ahead and give that to myself in this moment? Can I, can my parent self give that to my child self? Uh, And I think that might be a really good practice for you in those moments when you're feeling vulnerable. Be, be the friend to yourself that you need. Yeah. And then it really takes the pressure off of anybody else. Isn't that a mouthful. That's the key to everything. Yeah. You know, I interviewed James L. Brooks. It'll be out. We're so backlogged. It'll be a couple, like a month or two, Mm. but you'll hear in the interview and it was great. And I'm so glad that he did it, but you'll hear me doing what I'm normally doing, which is trying to load the guests (laughs) to respond in a way that's beneficial to them so that they'll like it. Mm -hmm. Usually something fun or interesting about themselves. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, is if I'm asking a question or guiding the conversation in a certain direction, I have a sketch, not a painting, but a sketch of the future where they play the ball back in this way. And it's one of those episodes that's a real hoot because he's not doing that at all. <laughs> yeah. And the funniest moment is I keep trying to re- reflect back to him what I'm seeing. Mm. And at one point I'm going, wow, it's really refreshing talking to you because you seem like a person, as in my interpretation, he had done 50 times uh-huh. in the conversation. So I had 50 times of evidence. Uh-huh. You seem like a person who, when something is wrong, you don't have a hard time 
calling it out. And I'm really appreciating that about this conversation. And I swear to God, I thought he was doing a bit. He was like, no, not at all. And I was like, so he's even doing Doing it it now. Yeah. Again, incredible man. You guys are going to have to listen to that one. It's just like a, it's like a. He wasn't letting you put him. I couldn't control. I couldn't control it. Yeah. And, and those, I felt the same way about Phoebe Bridgers and, uh, which again was a great episode. So these aren't like tarnishes on these episodes, Yeah. but there are ones that I leave. And I think you guys know the ones I'm talking about where it's the, did we just become best friends episodes? Yeah. Because if I can predict where you want to go and take you there, then we just became best friends. Yeah. But when my certain brand of, uh, magic or whatever isn't Mm -hmm. working and we keep kind of taking these hard right turns. Yeah. At the end, I'm like, whoa, that was, that was, I was not in control. Yeah. Those tend to be episodes that people really enjoy. Yeah. So the day I interviewed James L. Brooks, Josh Radner, who also did the podcast, texted me and said, hey, I really love that Phoebe Bridgers episode. And I took that as this wink from the universe yeah. where it's like, just because you didn't get off and go, that person wants to be my friend for life yeah. doesn't mean you didn't get it. Yeah. I, yeah. I think did I make my point? Absolutely. I think that's that uh is a very interesting lesson. And I'm the same way. I I am I will base if I can be friends with you on if I can get you to completely merge with me, meaning I know exactly how you talk so I or how you are, so I can mirror it and set you up. And set you up and but I am like the puppet master behind everything. It's really not yeah, no, it's not great. And that's, that was the part of the point I didn't make, mm. was if I had really remembered myself, capital S, if I had remembered my vastness, if I had remembered infinite potential and been, as you said, the friend that I needed, uh-huh. I could have said at points what I was thinking, mm-hmm. which was, boy, and this is the worst, this isn't even necessarily true for the two that I'm talking about, but there are a lot that I'm doing an episode and I'm like, I wish I could start over mm. because if I could start over, I would say, hi, <laughs> we're just going to talk for a couple hours. So many times I'm just like, they know what the show is. These people don't know what the show is. Like mm-hmm. welcome them, offer mm-hmm. them tea, mm. make them feel safe mm-hmm. and then begin. But sometimes because I'll be in a rut, I just kind of start and like a weird date you just kind of, you're trying to downshift the car and the clutch is burning up and all that mm. stuff. And in experience, I'm sure there are episodes where I've done this. I go, I wish I could just start again. Why not just say that? Yeah. You know, why not just be like, Hey, something weird is happening with me right now. Yeah. And it's very vulnerable to say this. And aren't those the good dates? Aren't those the good conversations? Yeah. Aren't those the good moments? I was just thinking about like why being polite matters right Mm. and I was in a really I had been reading Richie and when on the mornings where I read just this in the morning I always see the world more vividly and more profoundly and it was one of those days I was like why does it matter to be polite to say please and thank you it's just aren't we just monkeys and we just learn to make a sound to trick people and I was like no if I say Val would you especially if I really slow down and go would you please hear me when I say I'm, I'm really sorry, right? Mm. What am I doing with my language? Mm. I'm indicating to you a level of stillness in myself, meaning mm. remembering to remember to be polite 
is indicative of a state of consciousness that is slower, more spacious, more oh, deliberate. Interesting. So you yeah. can just be, but that's why I was like, even the way you say it, could you please give me that? Like, that doesn't really matter. But it's like, why does it matter if someone's like, please, please, it's yeah. my son's birthday. <laughs> I fucked up. I forgot to get the tickets. I got them for the wrong night. Can you please help us out? Mm. That slowing down is mm. saying, it's okay. I'm not in my reactive mind. Yeah. This isn't a flare up. Yeah. I am being vulnerable and slow and spacious. Yeah. So like everything we do, how we move, how we speak, are these cues that we've developed, which can of course be manipulated and, and fabricated, meaning mm. we can just be polite, but it's not real. Mm. And this is where you get your sociopaths. But for most of us, it works when someone's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. And you're trying to say, listen, Yeah, I'm cueing you in that my internal world is not messy right now. Mm-hmm. It's so unmessy that I was able to slow myself down and say, please, thank you. And I'm sorry. That's what I used to tell my students. That's so smart, by the way. I hadn't thought of it in terms of like politeness, but I used to tell my students when I taught middle school that that exact thing, uh, which is probably asking too much of them uh, because they don't really have developed frontal lobes. Yeah. But um, I used to say, you know, like they, I, I was like, it would be so powerful if you could just come in you know, if I ask you to stay after class because you were disrupting the entire time, if you can just stop for a minute and be like, you know what, I was so, I was disruptive. I'm just like, it's, it is really getting to me today, having to sit in school and, and I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm going to really try not to do that again. It's like, if you did that and I would be like, yeah, Okay. That's it. That's all I needed. Right. You don't have to stay anymore. Yeah. You're, uh, and, and of course you could fake that, but I don't actually think you can fake that. But that's what I mean is like, what are you scanning for as a mammal? You're looking for the deep, unfakeable, yeah. the genuine quality of an apology yeah, or a laugh. Yeah. Or an, I'm not trying to be salacious, an orgasm. Mm-hmm. Like we have these... Our instruments are so finely tuned. I think there's parts of them that are deeply subconscious that you're mm. like, I believe them. Yeah. Is it always right? No. But I think you can tell usually when someone's bullshitting you. Yeah. I mm-hmm. hope. Well, maybe not even probably, but you know, th- this is the flawed system and it's the best that we have. Yeah. But it seems so profound. I was like, it's not saying please, it's remembering to remember to say please shows this person has a certain degree of stillness Mm. and that stillness lends to clarity and that clarity coming from that place means I can sort of trust them. Yeah. I also think that it is a, it's a statement of I care about this being gentle on you. Right. Oh, that's right. That's why we've talked about this so much and for better or worse, we are very sweet to each other in our language. Uh, and it just works because both of us are that way. But even if what is happening is that you are trying to tell me something hard and you're being really intentionally sweet with your language telling me, and even if what's happening is that you're doing that so that you feel safe, 
it also makes me feel safe and I receive it as you care about how these words land with me. Right. And that makes me feel safe because you are thinking about how this is going to make me feel. Right. <laughs> That's big for us. Yeah. I remember we were at a friend's house and Leela had uprooted a, a little flag. It, oh, it, yeah. it, it seems so old. Like years ago, yeah. these people had put in an electronic fence for the dog. Uh-huh. And it was still marked by flags. Uh-huh. And Leela, this is just how I am as a parent and a person. Like, for example, our front steps are covered in markers and I just don't, I don't care. Yeah. Like her removing a flag because she thinks it's fun is so much more important to me than marking a perimeter that doesn't even seem relevant. So anyway, she unearthed this uh, flag and then she brought it over to me and then we were going in the house and there was a guy there that I didn't really know, Mm. older guy. And I took the flag and I just started to throw it like a paper airplane in the general direction mm. of where the flags are. Because yeah. I'm like, who? by the way, this was not like a, an immaculate house. Yeah. It would have been fine in my you know, summarization of the, of the property. Yeah. A flag laying on the ground near where it was stuck in is just as good as a flag. So I start to throw it. And he's just like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, she, uh, she unearthed this flag. And I, I start doing my thing. Meaning, I'm smiling, I'm kind of yeah. saying it in a funny way. These are all these like little signals to the other person, like, hey, let's be uh, warm and safe to each other because uh, that matters. And, and he just goes, well, put it back. Yeah. And just like walked away. And I was like, he actually said it while he was walking away. And I was like, oh, no, thanks. It wasn't you're even. Not, you're not my flavor. That's right. And it wasn't even that angry. He was just like, no, put it back. Like not, not even angry, but I knew I caught that moment and I felt it in my stomach too. And that is the exact kind of thing that I will replay over and over and over. It's like another person's parent yelling at you. That's what it was. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. I'm at a friend's house Mm. and his dad just went, stop it, put it down. Yeah. And you're like. I and I would, I'm a guest sir. <laughs> I remember getting we must have been just so overloved by our parents, but I just remember getting like I couldn't get over it. If that happened, the sleepover is ruined. I will be thinking about it the entire time. Oh yeah. And I will think about it any time I see that person. I oh, just couldn't no, handle that. That goes in the file. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I see that guy, I'll be like, and you know what? Now I'll speak in defense of the file, because at least at this stage of the file, before it's filled with post-it notes and photographs and all these videos and stuff, maybe it is helpful, and this is the lure of it, (laughs) to go, this guy is not going to mince words, and that will bother you. So, uh, you know, he's going to want you to clean up after yourself, even though it's not his house, and fuck off. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it is sometimes people aren't for you and there is, it's yeah. good to know that. I think we're talking about it more in terms of, of friend friends that you do love. Right. Um, but I agree. I think that. But if I spent three weeks alone with that guy, we'd be brothers. Yeah, sure. That's what is always striking to me. I wanted to go back just really quick because another thing that I wrote down uh, was, so going back to the depression and the and the blah day thing, I didn't finish that point. And the only reason I'm going back is because I hope it is helpful for people. Um, 
that when I now what my practice is, is if I notice that kind of depression goggles being put over, uh, it's a certain feeling in my brain. And I've now become very aware of what the exact energy feels like. And I'll just feel the energy of that in my brain, just like I would feel it in my be feeling my emotions but you can kind of if you slow down you can also feel the energy of your thoughts Mm. and um and it is like the whole pain pain is always leaving like thoughts are are always leaving you're only hearing them as they're they're already gone yeah by the time you've heard them they're gone yeah and so i've been doing that where i'll get the depression feeling and i'm like and then there it goes right and even if another one comes right away to feel that it is separated. Yeah, it's like a train. Yeah, exactly. There's all these different cars. Yeah, and but like a, tr- it's more you like a, a freeway with a bunch of different cars. Right, like it's right, not even right, connected. Right. The mind connects it, but it's like. And the sensation of a thought is actually picking up on a thought leaving. Yeah, exactly. By the time you've gotten connected to the energy of that thought, you can just let it go. It's gone. It's already I think gone. that's what good meditation is is just mm. the sound of the freeway but not going ford honda <laughs> yeah. honda ford motorcycle yeah yeah or if you're not there yet there is actually a, a meditation practice where you do label so um i found this very helpful when i was in it is you can label what it is you can you have two choices you can either focus on your breath and when you notice anything, any sensation, emotional or thought or whatever, you just say thinking and you return back to your breath. That's mm. really simple. But for some reason, the other method, because that's what I usually do, the other method was really helping me where I um, I would be focusing on my breath and I'd get like the adrenaline of anxiety and I'd be like, anxiety. And then it goes and then mm. you, and then you get the sadness and you're like, depression and then it goes and right. then um or you think of well that's the vulnerability that maybe it's a new feeling after that instead of there must yeah. be a comfort to going i'm blah i'm depressed then you yeah. don't have to well it's allowing it to have its little moment and like sing right. its song and then it's but done I, I always think it takes energy to try to notice that uh the next moment might be different it might be neutral it might be mm. good i'm like i'm too exhausted and mm. what i'm realizing in this conversation is it's not energy mm. it's not pip or a coffee yeah. it's vulnerability mm. it's going you know what i'm willing to risk being further humiliated yeah. and further saddened by accepting the realm of infinite possibilities and yeah. i don't need to be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed to do that, I can just go, that's why it's letting go into the river. It's not swimming against the stream. It's just going, all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, Moana. Mama, can I pause real quick? I'm going to pee on a bush because I can't go in the house. That's right. Well, yeah, and I can just, I was going to read this this poem from- I want to hear the poem. Okay. And while I'm uh, peeing, you can look up a question if you want to take a few questions. Okay, sounds good. Okay. Nobody listen. I can't go when you're listening. <laughs> While I was peeing, I just kept thinking I was like, a bunch of breakthroughs here for me today. Mm-hmm. And one of them was like, because I'm the kind of person that's like, I don't have the energy to be the person that I think this friend expects me to be. 
because it's not really me. So I get exhausted being it. And then you also resent the person for... And then I resent them for engaging in a contract that they never (laughs) knew they were entering into. Look to my past romantic relationships for more examples of this. (laughs) But because I'm the kind of person that does that to other people, I think I unconsciously make them do it to me. Because as we've talked about on this podcast... Um, we were joking that if Aladdin had been about me, the gen- the genie would sing, you ain't never had a friend. <laughs> just, <laughs> just not like me. You ain't never had a friend. Meaning yeah. you know, I struggle with friends because I tend to folderize them and encourage them to folder me. And then they can only hang out with me when I feel like my folder, I have the energy to represent the content of that folder. Uh, Whereas I watch you with your friends and I'm hoping with Gungis and certain people, I, I, I can do better with Lisa Gunger too, mm-hmm. be more authentically myself. But yeah. that's new for me. I'm yeah. learning that from you. But I'm like, dropping it and being vulnerable seems to be, in this conversation, the answer to my depression and my anxiety mm-hmm. and the defolderification of everybody I know in myself. Just mm-hmm. going like, I don't know which Pete is going to be there at lunch, but I'm not going to exhaust myself tap dancing. And I'm also not going to apologize for being in a funk today. Yes. And can't that be what friendship is? Instead of, I think a lot of standups, we go like, you want to hang out with my persona on Wednesday? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's get coffee so we can really wake up our personas. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're loved for that vulnerability, there's just nothing sweeter. Well, that's not to be mushy, but obviously that's what I get from my girl. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something to that, but, oh. You ain't never had a friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another great phrase that I love, and this applies to the, the depression and the anxiety. It applies to the friend stuff, uh, but it is the vulnerability statement, like mantra for me, is can I open to this? Or you can make it a prayer. Please help me open to this. Oh, but I it's, love that. It, it, for me, it elicits an image of like either like, you know, you could do like a lotus flower in your core, <laughs> like right where between your ribs opening up mm. or or even just like your ribs opening up. Like, can I just be open to this? Yeah. Can I accept this? I love that. I see me at the gathering of the juggalos just being like, can you stop? <laughs> And just experience this as the weird, wild, face-painted dream that it is? <laughs> yes. Well, that being said, I don't... I've never think, been to the gathering. I don't think that's really for us, but... I did get an, uh, an offer to do the gathering. I was touched. Oh, well. I like Fago. I've never had Fago. <laughs> I don't know what Fago is. It's the soda they drink. Oh, cool. Um, okay. So this is a poem that I wrote at like exactly this time last year when I was depressed, <laughs> which by the way, I was telling Pete, I was like, it, it could be just the time change. Like the time change really gets to me. Oh my God. It starts getting dark at four. And instead of being like, Jesus, are we so vulnerable? Just be like, yep. Yeah. Yep. It gets so dark yeah. so soon. Yeah. Um, so this time last year I was, I was depressed and kind of wondering why, and it could have been the time change. This is called Rhinebeck because that's where we were. Which is in New York. Yeah. Sorry. A naked tree stands gray and brittle in the cold, thin air. 
visited by mist and snow, which passes and melts away. She remains, giving the little she has to the hungry birds and insects. Is she trying to make it through the winter? Does she prefer the spring? What happens if I climb into my sadness like a kid climbs into the fort she's built with her mother? The carpeted earth firm beneath her and the sagging sheet above, so close she can feel her own breath. What if for once I forget the light, not just going through to get out, but planting some roots there, letting the darkness take me, trusting it, loving it, naked in the mist, as natural and wild as everything. Valerie. (laughs) So good. Thank you. Guys, retweet this tweet if you think Val needs to make a book. (laughs) Wait, this isn't a tweet. (laughs) It isn't? (laughs) This is the longest tweet. Mm. Um, It's a thread. (laughs) First of all, so lovely. Thank you. I tried not to think about it and just flow Mm. with it. It was so wonderful. Thank you. So talented. Yeah, right. Thank you, though. (laughs) Poetry, like I was trying to say about polity, one of my favorite words. Um, I'm saying that being polite is indicative of a stillness. It's like poetry is sort of the opposite. It's trying to write something that is intended. That's why the breaks and the lines at these weird points and the the spacing and stuff is intended to slow you down. Mm -hmm. So it's trying to give you something to read Mm -hmm. that would be created from a place of stillness to sort of engineer it in you. Yes. You know, like you could just write that out like prose, like a paragraph, but it's like, you know, my sadness, you know, and then you have to go to the next line. So it's disrupting the mind to bypass the mind. And even the reading, everything we make fun of about poetry, it's like slow and deliberate. I was like, get to it, man. And it's like, it's not a tweet. Yeah. It's a, and and it's so naked on the page Mm -hmm. and it's small and it's lowercase and there's spacing and it's trying to get you small and lowercase and spaced. Not to mention that the best poetry isn't, isn't uh, just about like big concepts it's about something really small it's about the micro right that that then makes a statement about the macro but yeah. it's it's saying like take a moment and feel this tree <laughs> i love that boy that was great thank you and the sheet so close to your face i want to build a fort we do on christmas yeah we do it's coming um, up iris said i'm going to take her 20 minute walk okay okay great <laughs> um i'm going to share a poem yeah and it's, it's our fa- I would say it's our favorite. It's our poem. favorite poem. Yeah. And it's actually we're always promoting this. It's called True Self, False Self. It's by Richard Rohr. You can get it on iTunes. Not the poem, but the it, the, the poem. The series is called True Self, False. It's an it's under audiobooks, but it's not a book. Um, at the end of the first session, he reads this Mary Oliver poem, and he introduces it. So I won't introduce it, but it is our favorite poem. Mm. And when Val was in her darkness, I, I used a line from it, which is, you do not have to be good. Yeah. And it's so powerful. There's a helicopter going overhead, but it's L.A., baby. <laughs> um, so we're going to play. This is Richard Rohr reading Mary Oliver, and I hope you can hear it. Okay. Let me end before I've gone with a poem by Mary Oliver poem called Wild Geese. Perhaps some of you know that among the Celts, before the coming of Christianity, the wild goose was the metaphor for God. 
Now, what a different idea of God they must have had. Our God is so domestic, certainly not wild, certainly not free, a wild goose. Mary Oliver says, you do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world will go on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, over the mountains and the rivers. And meanwhile, the wild goose, high in the clean blue air, is heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination. It calls to you like the wild goose, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Whoa, what a abrupt. jarring. That was terrifying. Uh, oh my God, I'm sorry. I thought it would be stupid to come back with Keep It Crispy. Sorry, we're both having an emotional moment and so beautiful. Mm. I couldn't recommend that series enough. And that poem literally speaks for itself. Absolutely. Huh. So remember, guys. Girls, everybody, y'all, fuckers. Remember, fuckers. (laughs) No matter how lonely you are, we are all in the same family of things. And that Mm -hmm. that is all forgiving, all welcoming of all feelings, Mm -hmm. all situations. Your ability to identify as the sky, your ability to not identify as the sky, your sadness, your loneliness, your joy, your bliss. You're not a stranger here. That's right. I mean, just the fact that if you have felt any of the things that we have talked about just in this episode, isn't that crazy? We're having the same experience. Yeah, that's right. You are far from alone. And if you're listening, I have to think you're relating. Yeah. And if you're relating, where are you? We're, we're over here in Los Angeles on a Thursday with our baby and our babysitter. And like, we're sharing the same experience yeah. with different ingredients. Yeah. Maybe it's not your mom. It's your dad. It's your brother. But it's like, you really aren't alone mm-hmm. and it really is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Keep Where does the sound go? Where does the sound go? You got to follow it. You you do it.
it it goes it comes from nothing and goes back into nothing.